This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 38. Today, it's all about milk paint. You know, that unpredictable paint medium that has a mind of its own but produces incredibly beautiful results. We chat with our good friend and milk paint owner, expert Kristen with Shacto Interiors, and she answers all of our fielded questions on milk paint. Deanne with Wild Home Vintage shares a refinishing tip on paint washes. We'll find out what Tracy with Creative Garage Therapy, Robin with Remade by Robin, and Yola with another Earth Design are working on in their studios this week. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. The furniture refinishing industry is filled with all types of paint mediums, and many of you love the idea of trying all of them to either expand your experience or to broaden your base with your customers. With that in mind, we want to take out time periodically to dig deep into the different paint types and answer many of your questions regarding what makes them unique. A few weeks back in episode 35, we spoke to chalk paint expert Christy with Chalk It Up LLC to do just that. And today, it's time for milk paint. We are chatting with Kristen with Shacto Interiors. She is also the owner of the ever popular milk paint brand, Shacto Interiors Milk Paint. Let's dive into a great conversation with Kristen. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach K. (laughs) Hi, Lane. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Kristen was my refinishing coach on a project we did a few years back. She coached me on refinishing an old potato bin, and I have to say it turned out quite nice. Now, that was my opinion. Would you agree, Coach K? Yeah, I think you did a fabulous job. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you did really well. (laughs) It was because I was coached by a professional. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You made me do uh, some extra work, though, because you didn't settle for anything less than the best, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. We had some cat scratches we had to get out. I know. It's so funny because when I I put the milk paint on that, I was like, well, it looks pretty good. I kind of like that that effect. Uh, But then when I showed it to Coach K, she's like, nope. Sand it down, <laughs> cut it down. <laughs> and I was glad I did. It did. It was. Uh, it was a good decision. Well, listeners, you can actually see the potato bin makeover on our IG account under the IGTV videos. So we have to check in with you regarding weather because you've had some pretty traumatic weather up in Manchester by the sea. Tell us a little bit about it. We did. We had a, a the classic nor'easter come in. It was a little more than I, I think we were expecting. Um, so yeah, we, we ended up losing power for a couple of days and uh, there's a lot of trees down and some damage. And yeah, luckily at our house, we didn't have too much damage. We just had some kind of large limbs fall. Um, one of them hit the house, but it's not too bad. So we were kind of lucky like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of a crazy week. I had to close the shop down for a couple of days too. Yeah, yeah, it's a mandatory relaxation without power. Right, right. no power and no internet and no cell phone. Well, I'm glad you guys are okay. Now, it does because you guys, there's a. I mean, I've seen from your stories and stuff some pretty good sized trees where you guys live. Um, does it look a lot different around there, or was it uh, not that? Yeah, bad? I mean, right now everything's just a mess. There's just leaves yeah. and you know limbs and tree branches and um, you know the cleanups going on. Yeah, I, you know, I was on my walk, and unfortunately, there was a large tree that fell on someone's house in the neighborhood. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a pretty big storm. Yeah, it takes a while to clean up, especially with big trees like that. The, the folks who do that type of work um, are in big demand. In the... Oh, right, yeah. They have the chippers out, and, you know. <laughs> well, some folks may not know, but you really have three businesses or three facets to your business. You refinish furniture, of course, and I might add, very, very productive at that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you also have your own line of milk paint called Check to Interiors Milk Paint, and your latest is that you have your own shop, which I would also add opened up during the pandemic, and that wasn't planned. How I mean, like, how's everything going from the milk right. paint to the furniture to the shop? Yeah, um, it was such an awkward time. Um, I feel like I've been doing this for so long, and it, it would be me that would pick the time to open up a shop <laughs> <laughs> right when a pandemic's going to hit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, I mean, it was stressful at first. I was planning the grand opening, you know, right when pretty much, you know, we were hearing about the, the virus and, 
you know, I was planning the grand opening just about when everything got shut mm-hmm. down. So that was a little nerve wracking. Um, but fast forward, ended up being extremely busy. People were home DIYing, which means mm-hmm. they had time to, you know, paint a piece of furniture that they always wanted to paint. So, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. I've been busy and the shop itself is kind of picking up, you know, people are starting to come out now. And so business has been good. Now, does the shop, is that, does that meet, I mean, now that everything is sort of on the up and up and you can open up and have customers in, does that meet your expectations? Yeah. I mean, it's a little tricky now with, you know, before I used to kind of work in my own little space without interruption, you know, and kind of at my own pace. Um, but now when I have people come in and, um, I also have my workshop there. So I try mm-hmm. to get my pieces done in the shop that, that has been a little tricky. Um, and on top of that, the milk paint business. So I have a lot of people come in just for milk paint. So mm-hmm. I do end up, you know, um, talking to people a lot during the day about their projects and things like that. So I think, you know, that takes up a lot of my time. Where, whereas I would would have before just been refinishing, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think, I don't know if you remember, on one of the podcasts I mentioned that uh, I thought you should have one of those windows in the back where people could go up to the window and watch you work. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I still think that's a great idea because, you know, you could have one of those little mics on with a speaker out there and they could see you working. <laughs> it's like those fudge shops where they're watching people make fudge and it's like right, they get to right. see you work, you know. I don't think I'd ever get anything done then. <laughs> <laughs> you might have big crowds of people coming in just standing there well, watching you work. <laughs> I know. I, well, that's when I tell them to sign up for my painting classes because I, that's true. I do still do that. now that's a fourth thing man yeah yeah it's a lot (laughs) does your husband keith he helps quite a bit now as well right and your daughter yeah yeah so um it's you know a family affair now keith helps out as much as he can and um, my daughter was helping out but she's back at school now so they're not around as much now so but yeah it is a big help when they are here to help so yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you have a a business like that not to make it a family business in some way, shape, or form. Right. Well, I mean, the furniture alone is very difficult to do by yourself. Yeah. Um, just moving things and you know picking up from wherever you're getting it, and um, it's it's real physical work, and it is hard, and it can be done by yourself because I picked up plenty of pieces by myself. You just have to learn how to, you know, maneuver and right. not, not hurt yourself. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps having some muscle, you know, behind you. So. Now, do you have that? You used to have a stash of furniture. Uh, used to have, I think it was behind your shop at your home. I do. Yeah, I. I have. I don't know if you watched my stories in the past couple of weeks, but I have my old shack. I call it. That was the original mm-hmm. studio my husband built me from when I used to work literally in my living room. That was my whole business started in my living room. Cause we don't have a garage here. Mm-hmm. And my husband built the initial shack was supposed to be kind of a storage mm-hmm. for pieces I haven't done yet. And then I would just have a little spot to work on them. And then he added on to that. So then I had some storage and then a little workshop on the back of that, that, and I was in there for a couple of years. And then we put up another like kind of carport storage tent thing with the zippers. And it's like, um, I don't know, vinyl or nylon or whatever. You know, those yeah. those ones that are supposed to be kind of like a temporary shed type mm-hmm. thing. So um, I've had, I have that full. And then I also rent a storage space. So um, right now we're... <laughs> The last couple of weeks, I started cleaning out the tent because there's stuff in there. What happens is I'll store pieces, and but then I keep getting more. So <laughs> <laughs> the ones that I have in the shed, I don't get to because I'll just get the, you know, I'll work on the new ones I just got. Yeah. So I tried to 
you know, go in order of things that I get or how long I've had something. And But it it just, you never know what you're going to get. That's the whole thing, you know. You could mm-hmm. have 10 buffets. You could have dressers or people want nightstands or, you know, you mm-hmm. just really never know. So you kind of have to pick. I'll, I'll try to pick what I don't have in the shop. You know, if I have mm-hmm. five buffets, I need more dressers or nightstands or coffee table or whatever, you know. Well, it's probably difficult, too, because when you store like that, a lot of times things get hidden and they get, uh, unless you store well, it's sometimes difficult to get to the things that you stored earlier or a few months ago, you know, and you either yeah. forget about it or you're just like, I need to get back there, but I don't want to move yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> well, that's what I did last week or two weeks ago. I I knew I had a whole stash of beds and um like antique beds and th- they've probably been in there for three or four years at this point. Wow. So <laughs> um and I never paint beds. I just I never do them. So in my head I was thinking, "Oh, I'll have Keith, you know, convert them into benches like people do and they look really cute, but that just never happened." And then I got in there and there was like a leak in the tent. So a lot of my things got water damaged. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I ended up putting a lot of it out on the curb actually a couple of weeks ago. So there's just a few things left out there, but yeah, I just, I had to go through it all and, um, you know, get rid of things that I knew I wasn't going to use. You were probably doing like uh, like they do with wine. You know, you put stuff back and let it age, and it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be better as it, it was, ages, I right? Let it go. I let it go too long. I, actually, the pieces that I really liked, they were fine. There was just, you know, a few that were kind of like okay to me, you know, that I was okay getting rid of. And then the rest of the stuff I, I put into the my other unit, so you know, they'll be ready for me when I'm ready to get to them. But, you know, I'm trying to clean it out so that Keith can have a little spot of storage for his bikes or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He deserves a little spot. He's got to have a little piece of real estate, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, a few weeks ago, we had a podcast on chalk paint. Basically, we had fielded several questions from folks, and we had chalk paint expert extraordinaire Christy with Chalk It Up LLC to come on and answer them. She did a really good job, and uh, many of you appreciated the helpful information. We thought we'd do the same for milk paint and no better person to answer these questions than Kristen. Just like our interview with Christy, we are going to break our questions into the same categories, general questions on milk paint, prepping, painting, distressing, sealing, and cleaning. So, of course, we're going to start off with general questions on milk paint. And just, uh, listeners, just FYI, some of these questions may overlap, and I think that's okay because uh, they were asked by different people. So we want to make sure that we answer them, and we're just going to start off with, a very basic question, which I think a lot of people have, and that is, what's the difference between milk paint and chalk paint? All right. I do get that question a lot. I think a lot of people just assume they're the same with just different names. Um, our milk paint, it's uh, the authentic milk paint, which means it comes in a powdered form. There's other companies who have premixed milk paint, but I, I don't consider those authentic milk paint. So, what I'll be talking about is a powdered form milk paint. Um, so the basic difference is that you mix the powder with water to make the paint. And also you would need to add the bonding agent if you're painting over a surface that's previously um, painted or sealed. Um, but if you're just painting bare wood, then you wouldn't need the, the bonding agent. Also, the chalk paint is, uh, you know, pre-mixed and they, well, I don't know, they, I guess, say you can just paint with no prep or is that not true? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, well, I mean, a lot of paint, that's that's what's a little bit confusing sometimes yeah. is that a lo- almost all the paints now say, you know, technically you don't need prep, but everybody I've spoken to no matter what paint they're using, for the most part, does some degree of prepping. Right. So I guess what I'm I'm saying, like a lot of people come in the shop and say, oh, I use chalk paint. I just, you know, you can just paint whatever and you don't need to Mm -hmm. do any prep work. And 
I think that was kind of what the, you know, what they were um, telling people that, yeah, you know, right. but the same, you know, I think it's the same thing where you need to prep your piece properly with any paint that you're going to mm-hmm. use. Yeah. I guess is this, we're now getting into a different question. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Like I said, oh, okay. we'll, we'll be, yeah, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll overlap these because they're all specific questions and that's fine. I don't know. Yeah. It's sort of like when you're in school, how often do you hear something repetitive? You learn it because that's the right. part of the, <laughs> the teaching part of it. Right. So, well, let me ask yeah. you this question because I think this is important to milk paint or any paint when you're considering a specific paint. And that is just basically what are the benefits of milk paint? Okay, yeah. So one big thing with the milk paint is that it is non-toxic and there's no VOCs in the paint. Um, So that's a big difference between other paints. So you can use it, you know, around children and pets and you can use it on um, children's toys and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I believe other uh, paints, they're not completely free of VOCs, but um, they might be low VOCs, but the milk paint is, um, you know, non-toxic. Yeah. Would you say um, it is very durable? Because one of the questions is, is milk paint durable once it's cured? Yeah, it's very durable, um, depending on, you know, what finish you're going to use. you know, there's, we'll probably get into this soon, but, you know, you can have a, a chippy finish or you can have a more solid finish. And I guess that, that would also be the big difference between milk paint and other paints is that you can naturally get a authentic chippy, like distressed finish with the milk paint without, you know, using any extra products. Yeah. And that's a good point because one of the things I think of when I think of milk paint is the unpredictability of it if you're not using the bonding agent. And you really get predictability with other paints. And I don't say that as a negative for the other paints, but everybody talks about the surprise with milk paint. You know, you it really has its own mind. And uh, I think that's what makes it fun too, though, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that's one of the reasons why... I started using it because um, I just thought it gave a totally different look. I feel like a lot of the furniture I was seeing at the time, maybe 10 years ago, everybody was just doing chalk paint. And to me, they kind of all looked the same. And then um, I wanted to use the milk paint and get that, you know, distressed look. And to me, it looked completely different. And I feel like it stood out and uh, the milk paint, itself is a lot thinner than other paints Mm -hmm. so um it just really you know gives a nice smooth finish even if it looks chippy you can still get a smooth finish yeah let me ask you this if you have to strip milk paint do you find it easier to strip than other paints well you know i've never I don't usually strip anything, so I don't think I could answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, um, yeah, I don't like to use any kind of chemicals or anything. So I would imagine it would probably be the same as other paints. You know, unless you painted bare wood with milk paint, that might be like a little more difficult because Mm -hmm. that will just soak right in like a stain and it's, you know, super durable but i can't answer from experience because i don't think i ever really tried to strip it well this is quite a bit because like how long have you been furniture finishing <laughs> like 10 years maybe yeah yeah that's yeah. pretty cool i mean because that's yeah. that's a that's a valid point a lot of people don't like to have to use chemicals and paint strippers and so the, the lesson learned there is you don't have to I suppose it depends on what you're trying, the look you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do, unless you're trying to get back to the bare wood across the board, you know, completely. Right. Once you right. mix, you know, once you mix milk paint, how long does it last? Well, I've found some colors will last longer than others. Um, but I usually tell people to just mix up what they're going to use right away, you know, because you, once you mix it, it, it is, it can curdle just like milk. You know, sometimes you can get a few days if you keep it in the fridge. But mm-hmm. every I find that every color is a little different. 
That's why I would just try to, I try to mix up a fresh batch for each coat that I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So just don't mix too much. That's a a good point. Just don't Uh, mix too much. And then if you have the extra bond, if you add the extra bond in, I find that it doesn't, you know, it will spoil faster. It'll just harden up if you have the extra bond in it. But if there's no extra bond in there, you might get like a few days of it. And you might want to add like a little extra water in there before you store it. So basically you don't want your piece to smell like soured milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good sign. You're painting and it smells like soured milk. You've yeah. let it sit too long. Well, yeah. Well, the paint does kind of have like an earthy smell to it. It's a little different than other paints too. Yeah. Exactly. What is the shelf life of the milk paint powder? Um, As long as it's sealed, I think it just, there's no shelf life. I think it just will last forever. Yeah. And that's one yeah. of the advantages of having it in the powder form. Right. As long as it's sealed and, you know, it's not in a lot of humidity or whatever, I think right. it'll last a long time. Well, let's let's transition into prepping a piece and uh, answer some questions under this category. How do I prep my piece for milk paint? All right, so I typically will wash my piece with TSP. You know, sometimes if I'm gonna do a chippy piece and I know I want it to be, you know, super chippy or distressed, sometimes I won't do anything to it and I'll just paint it. So. I'll talk about what I do when I'm going to use the the extra bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I'll wash it with the TSP, and then I'll give it a good scuff sand with like 120 grit, mm-hmm. um, and then clean it with the tack cloth, and then um, I'm just I'm ready to paint. Okay, so can I paint over something that is already painted? And I guess that question probably could be uh, could go even deeper about it doesn't matter what it like chalk paint, uh, another form of another milk paint or an acrylic or a latex or a mineral. If you found any issues at all, just painting over other paints. So that's when it kind of gets a little tricky because sometimes even with the extra bond, it can be a little unpredictable um, painting over other paints because Sometimes, I don't know, there's certain things that the milk paint will react to. But generally, if you, you know, you clean and sand, like I said, you can. Um, But there are occasions where the milk paint can react Mm -hmm. to um, a previous finish. And it it can also happen if it's not painted and there could be like years of furniture polish or oils or something weird you know if you're painting a really old piece mm-hmm. i've had that happen not not too often but it can happen even using the extra bond it's so interesting because when you think about like cleaning the piece and why you clean a piece and the purpose of doing that you know obviously you don't want dirt you want to, you don't want the old grime and then the old stink you know because <laughs> some pieces don't smell real good right? right um so there's a lot of there's a lot of facets to the prepping process and why you do what you do um but you know when you one of these one of the questions is painting over a waxed or sealed surface but because milk paint is so unpredictable like if you paint it over to answer this question, if you painted over something that was waxed or sealed and you didn't like clean that, I mean, I mean, it's, you may not have any milk paint left, right? I mean, cause it's going to all come off. Right. Yeah. I mean, I always advise people if they're going to paint something that's already waxed that they should try to get the wax off with mineral spirits. Um, I just, you know, the wax is going to repel any kind of liquid to it. So I would definitely try to clean that off before you use the milk paint or, or, you know, also use the extra bond with the milk paint. Would you ever recommend um, doing a test portion? Like, like just doing like, like say if you got a piece in, you weren't, wasn't sure, you weren't sure how the milk paint was going to react to the piece. You just do a section or because of the unpredictability milk paint, would that just be pointless to do that? Yeah. You know, I, I honestly, think it wouldn't even be worth it because, <laughs> because um 
you know, you can paint a whole piece and then all of a sudden have just one little area that chips off, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it can be, I don't think it would be worth it to, to do a test spot because, you know, it might not chip in that spot, but it's going to chip on the other side type thing, you know? Yeah. It's just best to be brave, isn't it? <laughs> that yeah. Be brave and paint the whole yeah. Thing. It's definitely like you kind of just got to let your guard down. I know there's a lot of furniture painters who are very, um, you know, specific and, you know, everything has to be perfect and things like that. So milk paint's fun to use to try to, yeah. you know, just kind of relax and let it do its thing and, you know, it, it just kind of does the work for you, you know. So let's transition into the painting portion itself. So this is a really good question. How much paint is needed? Does milk paint go a long way? So generally, um, the pint packages that we sell, you can, you know, do a you know, average size dresser with that. And, you know, it also depends on the color. If you're going to use whites or any light lighter colors, you're going to use more paint. Typically, I would say you're going to do two, at least two coats, two to three coats, some colors. Uh, some of our darker colors, like the black beach, you can do one coat. Do you have to work fast when using milk paint? Is it quick dry time? Um, I don't think you have to work any faster than other paints. It will dry, you know, if it's um, normal weather conditions, if it's not too humid, like within a half hour or so. Once you mix the milk paint, how long does it take before it's ready to be applied? So I generally tell people once they mix the paint to let it sit for about 10 minutes just to give it some time to to mix. And I've also found that using distilled water really helps. You know, there's no clumps or anything mm-hmm. when you use distilled water. There's some people who have hard water that the milk paint just um, doesn't like to mix well with that and it'll be clumpy. So um, if you use distilled water with the milk paint, it honestly, it should be smooth and um, no clumps or anything like that. Very good. Very good tip. Any need to miss my furniture as I paint? Now, well, I guess it depends since milk paint is uh, thinner than chalk paint. I know a lot of people who use chalk paint use that technique because it's a lot thicker. But the milk paint, if you mix it a one-to-one ratio, it's generally thinner. Um, But, you know, you can also mix it on the thicker side and you can also mix it on the thinner side and use it as like a stain or a wash, which has been really popular right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally, you don't need to, to use a mister. When the the thinner, or have you found that the thinner the milk paint is, the less chipping you get, or does that not affect that? I don't think so. I don't think that really affects it. Sometimes when I use like lighter colors, like the whites, and I want a chippy finish, I'll mix it really, really thick. I don't know. I don't know if there's really a difference between that, yeah. making it thick or thin to chip. Can you get a smooth finish with milk paint? We sort of touched on this earlier, but we'll we'll answer that question again. Yeah, I know. And like you said, a lot of people are nervous about milk paint because of the unpredictability. And they think that it's just a paint to get the chip. You know, they call it the chippy paint, I guess, out on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've, I've actually, I do a lot of pieces using the extra bond and it, you know, the, the finish comes out really smooth and you can sand in between coats like you would with chalk paint or other paints. You can use a really fine grit um, sandpaper Mm -hmm. on your final coat in between coats. Yeah. So you can get a really, really smooth finish. We're going to take a quick break to hear from a fan of our sponsor. Hi, this is Jeannie with Blush Vintage Design, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I love using my Zebra brushes. They lay down a super smooth finish whether I'm using primer, paint, or a top coat. They hold their shape really well and consistently cut in a sharp line. A couple of my current favorites are the chiseled wedge and the square. 
Thanks, Jeannie. We appreciate the passion you bring to the refinishing community, and we are thankful that that passion extends to our brushes. Now back to our interview with Kristen. Okay, this next question is a little unique, but uh, we'll ask it anyway. Can I make my own milk paint with sour milk? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some people have asked me that, and I don't really know. I happened to kind of Google it the other day just to see what they're saying. And um, I did see an article with someone that was making milk paint with sour milk, but I don't think I would recommend it. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't be the same. I, d- I guess I just don't understand what the point would be. I mean, unless there's some benefit to, Using the soured milk, I mean, what because you've got what you sell is powdered. It's already all you do is add water unless you want right. to add the bonding agent. So what would be the point? Like, again, unless it adds some effect to it other than a sour smell. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm not sure, but I probably would be gagging the whole I was going to say, you'd have to wear like a really good mask <laughs> while you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you touched on this next question, but we'll, we'll ask that as well, because I think it's an important one. How many coats are usually needed with milk paint? Right. Yeah. So generally, I would say for most colors, two coats, some of the lighter colors and some of the yellows or blues. And it really depends on which color you could do three coats. And, you know, the black beach, I've done plenty of pieces with just one coat. It really just depends on the look you're after, right? I mean, if you let right. it dry, you look at it, and you make an assessment, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put another coat on it, or no, I like it the way it is. Yeah, I have a piece in my shop that holds my pillows. It's like a old armoire, and I didn't do anything to it. I just put one coat of sea glass. Uh, it's like a sage color on it and I did one coat so you can kind of see the brush marks on it Mm -hmm. and just I was like you know what that's good (laughs) it looks good and everyone loves it what would you say is the hardest part of working with milk paint um I guess the hardest part would be if something you know if it starts to chip when you don't want it to you know that's one thing I get from people that um, either didn't know about the extra bond or they have that weird piece that, you know, no matter what they do to it, the milk paint's going to flake off it. Um, so I think maybe that's the hardest part is, you know, trying to deal with getting your piece the way you want it to look if the paint decides to chip on you. That's so funny. I had, uh, this was a number of years ago, maybe three or four years ago, uh, and I had tried milk paint for the first time i didn't really know much about the process of what you needed to do with prepping it and it was a uh, it was a piece that had a lot of um probably poly uh, not the polyurethane but the um like the shellac on it yeah and um so i painted one side and i was laughing at it later with my wife because i'm like it's, yeah, I painted this. It's all gone. It all chipped off. <laughs> it all fell off. <laughs> I'm like, yep. this is not working for me at all. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I don't think I did anything to it at all other than clean it and then started painting and then it, you know, just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I do get a lot of people who don't realize, you know, they think it is like a chalk paint that, you know, they didn't know about the extra bond and, you know, generally, I mean, the good thing about painting is that you can start over, you know, right. it might take a little bit of time, but you can sand it down and, and uh, redo it. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything except do it right the next time because <laughs> <laughs> all the paint came off. That's funny. What is the easiest thing about working with milk paint? I think the easiest thing is I, I just feel like it's, because it's thinner i feel like it's just easier to brush on you know than other paints it just has a nice feel to it so and you know it's it's easy to store it too in the powder you don't have to worry about um temperatures and things like that yeah i would you know what little um i have done (laughs) with milk paint uh but especially i think back on the potato bin 
I mean, it, it was really fun to paint. I mean, it was just, it just was really neat. It was, there was no, it wasn't thick or, you know, it wasn't frustrating to use at all. I mean, it was, right. um, it was just really neat. I enjoyed it. We got several things that we want to do that we haven't tackled yet because everything's quite busy, but, um, but I definitely want to use milk paint again. Is milk paint good for blending? And when blending, uh, we asked this question to Christy with chalk paint, uh, but I think this is more about blending like the ombre effect. I don't think, is right. it possible to do that at all? Um, you know, I don't, I'll have to say the same thing that Christy said. <laughs> I know she doesn't do that technique as much, you know, she doesn't do that. Right. And I don't really do it. I've, I've probably done a couple ombre pieces. I don't know if I used milk paint on those pieces. Um, but I mean, I would, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. You know, I just, I can't answer from experience because that's not really my, my thing. Yeah. It's pretty much give it a, give it a go and try it. Right. I yeah. Mean, doesn't that's hurt. What I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what one thing do you need to remember when working with milk paint? I would say you should definitely measure your powder and water. I see a lot of people just kind of dump things in just go, you know, and I used to kind of do that. I would, I, I still measure my, my water and powder. Wow. That says a lot for somebody who uh, owns a milk paint company. <laughs> I do. And I, I never did before, but I do it now just so I know like everything's consistent and yeah. you know, the next coat's going to be consistent, you know, um, because milk paint definitely. And I don't, I didn't mention this earlier, but I really should have. Um, it's has, it's not like a flat finish or like a flat color. It has a lot of color variations to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I might've probably should have said that in your previous question about also what makes it different. Um, milk paint has kind of a dimension to it. Yep. You, You know, it's not like a flat paint when you look at it. So you could see different colors and, you know, I did a coastal gray dresser and it really has like a look, you can kind of see grays, blues and whites. Um, so that is one big difference. And it's, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of a velvety finish, isn't it? I mean, cause velvet's kind of like that velvet has, um, some dimensions to it in the color of the fabric. Right. And, at least before you put a top coat or a wax, it just has sort of a velvety finish or look to it, I think. Right. Yeah. Before, you know, you put the top coat on or a wax, you can see more of that variation. Usually when you put your top coat on, the color really comes out. You know, I was laughing and uh, I was thinking about what you said when you said, you know, make sure you mix, like measure your water and your milk paint. It made me think of like cooking versus baking. Because cooks just throw whatever they think. Right, I mean, it's such right. a casual thing. But baking <laughs> is more of a science, and you've got to be really specific with the ingredients and your measurements. At least that's what I've always understood. So I guess you need to be a baker when you're using milk paint and not a cook. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it, it helps with that. I feel like if people put too much water in, it's going to be really thin. You're going to be doing way more coats and then you're yeah. going to get a, a more of a milky streaky look to your paint than if it was mixed properly. Any special techniques when painting with milk paint? What do you mean? Like what, when you're painting it on or? Yeah. Anything that you've sort of learned over the years that is good to know when painting it. Um, and I guess it could be anything from how you brush it on to, you know, the, you know, any anything that you can think of that stands out in your mind? So, I mean, this might be true for other paints as well. Um, but, you know, once you've painted your piece and say you have to go back and touch something up, you know, you might see that spot where you're going to touch it up. And, you know, that's true for other paints as well. So I would say, you know, you, you definitely would want to kind of, if you have to touch something up to pick a little section where it's all going to be uniform, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're going to touch up a little corner, just bring it all the way down. Yeah, because I think with the milk paint, um, you know, you 
you should kind of try to mix it while you're using it so the pigments don't settle so you don't want to get different colors while you're painting you kind of want to keep mm -hmm. mixing it while you're going and um i think you know the touch-up thing and and it's again it depends on what color you're using as well yeah and you know and i think that's true with other paints uh, you know when i I did a lot of interior and exterior paint and just using latex and enamels and stuff like that. And if you just go touch up something on, you know, on your woodwork or something and you're using a semi-gloss or whatever you're using, if you touch it up, you're going to see it. <laughs> so yeah. I've learned back then you got to do the whole thing over, you know, yeah. the whole section. Yeah. Otherwise it looks kind of splotchy, doesn't it? Right. Well, let's transition into distressing and chipping. This is where all the action takes place. How do you get the <laughs> chippy finish? <laughs> all right. So, you know, it's funny. Like, it's kind of a gamble. Um, you, Some people will do nothing to a piece, just paint it, and you, they don't get any chipping at all. And it's just like, what? why didn't this chip? You know, I get that a lot, and I'm just... Um, I really try to keep tabs on what people use, you know, I'll, you know, message someone on Instagram, tell me what you, what happened. You know, I try to mm -hmm. keep all that info and try to come up with reasonings on why this is, but it's, you know, I, I haven't been successful because <laughs> I just really know nothing that I know. If you're just going to paint something, hope for the chip be finished. I know there are some things that you can do. If you know you're not going to get a chippy finish, you know, you can rub wax or, you know, do things like that in areas where you want the paint to resist. Yeah. But most of the time, you're not going to know what if it's going to chip or not unless it's bare wood. Mm. You know, if it's bare wood, you're not going to get a chippy finish with just painting it. And I get a lot of people that ask that as well. If they sand something all the way down and then apply the paint hoping for a chippy finish it's not going to happen the paint's just going to soak right in you won't get a chippy finish but if you do have a piece that is bare wood um, say you bought something new and you want to make it look old you know with the chippy milk paint then um, you would have to prep that wood by you know you can sand it first to make it smooth and then you stain it because whatever you're going to put on that wood's going to show when you when the paint chips off mm -hmm. so you can pick a stain color like a dark walnut so i'd stain the wood first and then you can top coat it with like a shellac or a clear coat i think rust-oleum has like a clear enamel coat um so you would really have to make sure that the bare wood is has a top coat like a finish on it before you try to get the chippy finish does that make sense? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, that's this is like really good information because I've wondered that a lot myself. But but let's say that you the raw wood, you wanted you wanted the 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 light natural wood to show through, then you just wouldn't stain it, but you could put a um a clear coat on top of the, just the raw wood, right? Right. And then, right. Yeah. Yep. As long as that wood's sailed, yeah, then you'll have a better chance of the milk paint chipping on it but if it's not and then it's it's just going to soak right in yeah that's that's very good information so let's talk extra bond how do you use the extra bond so you use the extra bond and i get this question a lot because people think you mix the extra bond with the powder but you don't you first make the paint you always want to start with that make mixing the powder one-to-one uh, -one ratio with the water let it sit for about 10 minutes and then you add in the extra bond. So typically my my formula is I always start a project with a half a cup of distilled water, a half a cup of milk paint powder. I let it sit. And then if I'm going to use the extra bond, I'll put in about a half a cup. You can do the whole half a cup. Sometimes I'll just do like a little bit below that and I'll add it in to the paint that's already mixed. And then you just shake it, let it sit for a minute, and that's it. Yep, you're good to go. So I typically if, say it's like a two-to-one ratio to mm -hmm. milk paint, like two parts milk paint to one part bond. Yeah. But when you just say do the half, half, and half, it's just easier. Because I would say the half and half make one, mm -hmm. and then the half 
of extra one is, you know, the other half. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. If you don't have the bonding agent on hand, is there anything else you can use? Like you're flipping through your closet, you're looking for uh, something you have. Is there anything else you can use or is it pretty I much? Don't, just... I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not, I've never tried to use anything else. So as far as I know, there's nothing else that you can buy at, you know, your hardware store or whatever that you could use from experience. I um, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fine. I don't think so. If you use the extra bond because you don't want chippy, but you don't want to distress like chalk paint, is that possible? And how do you do it? I mean, you're trying to get sort of. Uh, maybe I didn't ask that very well. Basically, I think the question is that you 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 want to you don't want the chippy. You don't want it flaking off. But you do want it distressed. Yeah, you want to go yeah. back and distress it. Yeah, you can do that. And, you know, you can also mix and match, kind of, I call it. Like, if you want to try to go for a chippy finish on the drawers, then paint the drawers without the extra bond. And then you can paint the body with the extra bond, you know, so you mm -hmm. know it's not going to be a all over a chippy piece. But, you know, if you want chippy in certain areas, then you can kind of pick and choose what you're going to paint with the bond and without the bond. But if you do use the bond and on the whole piece, and I do that quite often is um, I just distress like I normally would, you know, just around the edges or certain areas. Yeah. You can do that. Yep. Cool. Very good. Okay. So <clears throat> after the milk paint chips and you're satisfied with the results, once you top coat it, it will keep that from chipping further because some of the chippy is flaky. Does that make sense? So you've got, and I and I've got, I, I can speak from experience when all that stuff started coming off that side. I mean, it was just like I just took my hand and I brushed it, and it was just mm -hmm. falling off like nothing was sticking. But part of the look is when it looks like it's going to fall off, but it doesn't. Right. I mean, or or do, do you have to get off everything loose? so that it doesn't chip later. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I try to kind of sand with a fine grit, you know, over the whole chipping pot to make it as smooth as possible. Um, and then once you add the top coat, it it should stop chipping. It doesn't always. Um, but if you use maybe like a water-based poly or something, that might be um, better to keep it from chipping more but generally mm -hmm. when i sell chippy pieces i do tell people you know um, i can't 100 percent guarantee that it's not going to chip a little more um, but generally when you top coat it with wax or even the hemp oil becomes um, kind of hard when you top coat over the chippies it should should stop it a bit but it's it's never like completely i guess sailed in you know yeah, it, um, I think it's just there's so because because the possibilities of milk paint are so broad, I think, and there's different degrees of distressing, different degrees of how much chippy you get that you can't right. always control. But I think when you're really after a lot of chippy, chippiness, um, I think that question was was really centered on, on you know just those the flaky stuff. Is it possible to keep the, where it looks flaky, but you seal it so it doesn't flake on off but i mean you i think you right. answered that well i mean i think you have you have to sand it i mean otherwise it's gonna chip off right <laughs> yeah i mean you don't if you can just dust it off with your fingers like you were saying then you probably would just want to sand it off you know i've had some really beautiful pieces that just well, most of the paint flaked off i just sealed it with the hemp oil and it was fine but they were like one of my most favorite pieces yeah. <laughs> with just like a little bit of paint on mm -hmm. and uh, i sealed it with hemp oil but you know yeah like you said there's different degrees of chippiness so you know for the most part you can contain it you could even spray it with a water-based poly instead of like trying to brush it on oh that's a great idea that way you're not knocking it off with the brush right yeah mm -hmm. yeah Mm, that's great. Well, speaking of sealing, is it best to use waxes or top coats with milk paint? Well, I've never really used waxes as much as I do now. 
I have a company here in Gloucester that makes aloe waxes and um I gotta say it's just that I just like how you know it's non-toxic and they smell great we have you know scented waxes mm-hmm. and um you know it just gives a really nice sheen over the milk paint and the hemp oil is also really nice and you can sand you can actually do like a wet sanding of hemp oil on over milk paint as well so it just makes it super super smooth and that's all non-toxic so I guess most most of the top coats I use are just the all natural non toxic ones, but you can also use uh, water based poly and tongue oil, you know, over it. So um, the water based poly will give you the most protection on your pieces, but I think it kind of takes away from the look of the milk paint, you know, as opposed to the wax and the oils are natural mm-hmm. and they just they just have like a nicer sheen. I mean, you, you can get like a matte finish water-based poly, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it kind of takes away from the look a little bit. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. No, it does. Uh, again, the standard in my mind is the potato bin. And <laughs> when you had me wax it, <laughs> it was, I don't know, it just seemed, because uh, I remember thinking that then, like what what would be the difference between waxing versus laying down like a um a, a top coat like a poly top coat and it just i don't know it was one of those things where it just made sense to be waxing it with it as opposed to doing down laying down the top coat of uh, poly and um right. <clears throat> it just worked really well with it and as you said it was so smooth uh-huh. um, it just created you know, a really nice finish yeah it really does and you know you can reapply the wax as often as you know you like if you if it looks like the wax is drying out or the hemp oil is drying out then you can just revive the whole piece again with another coat of wax and you know maybe once a year or you know it's nothing like you wouldn't have to do it you know (laughs) once a month or anything like that but yeah it's just a way to like you just said revive it and spruce it up it's it's nice to have that as an option yeah, and you know, I always tell people, no matter what top coat you use, and someone comes over and puts a wet glass on it, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not going to be good. You know, I just say yeah. teach your kids to use coasters and get some yeah. good coasters. <laughs> Have coasters on every table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. So, cleaning, clean brushes uh, with water when using milk paint, I assume. Yeah. Um, well, I always use my zebra brushes and right. they're super easy <laughs> to clean. <laughs> yeah. And you just can, I usually just run mine right under some hot water and um, very seldomly I'll have to use any soap with them or anything, but um, it's, it's, since it's a thinner paint, they're just, it's way easier to clean out of paint yeah. brushes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get that paint build up like you do with some of the other paints, uh, which you can still get off with a brush comb. I always say right. you know, I try to be, you know, emphasize certain things, but one of those things I think is a brush comb is so important because it allows the brush to be cleaned all the way up to the ferrule. And right. so if you want right. to have long, yeah. yeah. If you and I have find longevity. if you run it un- upside down under the faucet, that mm-hmm. gets the the paint out of there too. Yeah. And that probably works really well because you were talking about the, the, the fact that the viscosity of the milk paint is thin. So that works really good with that. Um, so that's great. Well, so these questions were similar, of course, to our questions for chalk paint, but that makes sense. Folks want to know the ins and outs of different mediums, and that results in similar questions. Thanks so much, Kristen. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to share um, your contact information uh, and your a website, social media venues, so folks can um, learn more about Shecto Interiors Milk Paint and obviously reach out and ask you questions if you have um, some more questions for Kristen that we didn't answer here. All right. Yeah, so you can find us at com. That's our website. Um, also, we're on Instagram, and that's Shecto underscore Interiors. Uh, we're also on Facebook under Shacto Interiors. 
And I also just start, well, I didn't just start a YouTube. I've had a YouTube channel for a bit, but I'm trying to do a little like more tutorials on the YouTube channel so people can go and see exactly how I mix the paint and how I prep my pieces and, you know, how I go about painting certain pieces. So, um, so that's kind of a new thing. I'm going to try to keep updated on YouTube. Oh yeah. And that's also just Shaq Toe Interiors. <laughs> yeah. That's like a personal one-on-one with Kristen. You can't beat that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you certainly are known as the milk paint expert in the industry. And for those of you who would like to review the questions that we asked and the answers, you can go to enjoyzebra.com where you can read the questions and Kristen's answers. Just click on blog in the upper right-hand corner and then click on the how-to series and just as Kristen shared her information, all of that will be on the blog as well with links to her website and social media venues. Really appreciate it, uh, Kristen. Glad that uh, your power is on and everybody's safe. And uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I hope I answered all the questions. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did very well. We appreciate it. Well, have a great rest of your day. And I don't know, I was going to say, go relax. Did you get enough relaxation in when the power was out or do you, are you ready to go to work? <laughs> um, well, I was, I actually went into work and I was packing up orders um, using the candlelight. Oh, wow. <laughs> dedication. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like dedication right here. But um, yeah, usually Mondays and Tuesdays, I like to try to relax a little bit, but that's it usually good. doesn't happen. Well, at least that's your goal. Try, try to get some right. relaxation. I have, it. I have it in my mind. Right. Yep. Well, thanks again, Kristen. You take care. Thank you. You too. Today's refinishing tip comes from Deanne with Wild Home Vintage. Hello to all the Zebra podcast listeners out there. This is Deanne over at Wild Home Vintage. And today my refinishing tip for you is about how that I do uh, paint washes on wood portions of my furniture. So I like to work with paint washes most often over using uh, stains because it gives me a lot of flexibility to change the color to what I want it to be. So I like to start out by um, using my paintbrush to wet the wood with just plain water. So like if I'm working with a drawer front, I would just wet the whole drawer front with plain water first. And this gives you a good idea also of just what the wood would look like if you were to just seal it. And then that way you can, you know, if you're wanting to achieve a, a lighter look, you could work in some white paint or some sort of light tone neutral to um, keep the wood tone much lighter. So once the surface is wet, I then dip my paintbrush just ever so slightly in little bits of paint and I start working that across the whole surface. I go kind of back and forth with little bits of paint and maybe more water to work it in and blend it in, you know, blending it all together to make it nice and uniform and even. And that's how I do my paint washes. And you can certainly go back and do an additional coat if you still want it to be a, a lighter look. And definitely my favorite brush to complete this with is the Zebra Fan. It works perfectly. So hopefully that tip helps somebody out there that's maybe struggling with how to do a paint wash. Happy refinishing, guys. Great tips on paint washing, Deanne. Thanks so much. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi to all my fellow furniture painters and artists out there. This is Tracy from Creative Garage Therapy. And this week I'm going to be working on a buffet and I'll be adding a new custom wood top to it. Then I also have a dresser and uh, matching nightstands that I'll be working on, and those also will be getting a new custom top. The bodies will be painted, and I hand brush everything, and I'll be using my favorite brush, which is the Zebra Fan Brush. Works great for painting all pieces. I also love to use that when I'm doing a wash on a piece, especially like the popular raw wood look right now. Um, it just, there's no streaks. It's got thick bristles. I've had success every time I've used it on getting the raw look. So um, I'll be using that for some raw look 
and for some um, actual painted work. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about the rest of you, but I was kind of a slump finding pieces in my area. I'm in the San Diego, California area. And luckily this weekend, I was able to stock up on some pieces. So I should be good to go for a week or two before I run out of pieces. So happy painting, everyone. And if you haven't tried your zebra brush, go out and get one now. Thanks. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Robin from Remade by Robin. This week in my workshop, I have a couple projects that I'm trying to finish up as well as a few that I hope to start. I have a set of three tables, living room tables. There are two end tables and a coffee table that are two-tiered um, that I'm doing for a client. And the two tiers have been stripped back to the raw wood and they will be receiving a darker stain, which is yet to be determined on that color precisely. We haven't made a clear decision on that yet. Um, but the bases have been painted in um, lamp black by General Finishes, and they're looking absolutely fabulous, let me tell you. The other project that I am currently working on is a vintage um, buffet server that um, actually was my grandfather's and after he passed away I used it as a child as a desk. Then my sister as we grew up my sister took it and her children used it as a desk and um, now it's come back into my possession and I'm giving it a refresh. It is being done in a color called Iron Gate which is by Heirloom Traditions all-in-one paint and I did some faux wood graining on the top and then um, a whitewash effect over the top of the iron gate. And it's actually a finish I've never done before and I'm loving it. I, I absolutely love it. And then I hope to finish, or excuse me, start, I should say, um, my ugly duckling entry that is for Jen Talley for Perfectly Imperfect Furnitures and Zebra painting, um, find an ugly piece and transform it into a swan. And um, I have a piece. I don't have a clear uh, vision as to where I'm going with that piece, but as the week goes on, hopefully I will. So stay tuned and follow me to see what I plan on doing with my piece and, and see what that piece is. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Zebra Painting. I really appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Julia here from Another Earth Design in London. My entry piece is a chest of drawers, uh, which was destined for a landfill. It was pretty damaged, unloved, and unwanted. But hey, that's exactly why I'm doing this. It will take a bit of work, but I think I can transform it into something modern, sleek, and desirable. And I will donate all the proceeds from, the, from its sale to cancer research. So follow along. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. Thanks for hanging with us to the end as we have some announcements that will provide you with opportunities to get noticed. Last month, our Zebra Review Contest was all about bringing awareness to breast cancer by having you paint your pieces in pink. Many of you even band together to raise money to support either the fight against breast cancer or to help those suffering from the disease. One group that we joined forces with, along with Melange Paints, was the Carolina Collective. These furniture refinishing ladies worked very hard and did a phenomenal job to donate to a worthy cause, Hope for Hair. Nice work, ladies, and thanks for including us in this campaign. This month, the Zebra Review judges decided to make the November theme all about whites in honor of lung cancer awareness. Just like breast cancer, many have felt the ravaging effects of this horrible disease as well. Several years ago, my Aunt Annette passed to lung cancer. She was a wonderful lady who I always remember as a phenomenal listener. She always showed so much interest in those around her. We also want to recognize Sarah with Pop Salvage. She writes on her IG account, Exactly a year ago, I lost my beautiful mother to stage 4 lung cancer. Her name was Penny. She was 60 years old and was diagnosed only a few months prior to her passing. 
I'm sure many of you as well are thinking of someone right now who has passed or is fighting this disease. Our prayers are with you all. If you want to participate in this month's contest, make sure you tag your painted white pieces with the Zebra Review. Your piece has to be painted between November 1st and November 30th, 2021. We have a great group of sponsors who've joined in our contest, Lily Moon Paint, Surf Prep Sanding, and D Lawless Hardware. Zebra Furniture Flip is underway and we have had a lot of fun watching you guys choosing your pieces and actually begin your flipping process, turning your ugly ducklings into beautiful swans. As our host Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture keeps reminding you all, you have until November 17th to pick your piece and complete your piece. And on November 17th, you must post your before and after on your IG feeds. You have until midnight. Can you imagine how much fun it will be to see all of your before and afters? Then the work begins for Jen as she will choose three of her favorites to go up on the enjoyzebra.com site for the public to vote for their favorites. Those will be announced here on the podcast on November 22nd. Stay tuned as we have a special podcast next week highlighting this event as I chat with our host and we hear from many of you on your progress. If you haven't found your piece yet, get out there and go duck hunting. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on our EnjoyZebra.com site, along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing.